Good afternoon, Gene. Weighing in at 140 pounds. <laughs> Detroit! What's up, man? 140. That was your guess. I mean, Dude. I guess that's the benefit of working remotely for a long time. Not Listen. anymore. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I'm not working at Cedar Point, you know, with the weight guessers and stuff. So I'm not very good at mm-hmm. guessing weight. I, I just want to be flattering, you know? There I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I didn't want to want to be realistic, you know? When did I weigh 140? <laughs> Eighth grade? Uh, that's when I think right. that's when I, I was, was weighed 140. I was kind 140. of a chonky, uh, I was a little bit of a husky boy in the later elementary years. Really? Yeah. I so was, I was all skinny, skinny, I was probably skinny like kid. a fifth grader weighing 140. And White, then, pasty, skinny kid that played basketball. Then I weighed 150 I until I was like 21 years old. <laughs> and then you then, then you're I able to you. drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I pretty much stay around the same weight. That's why people come to this though. But yes, um, yes to discuss our weights. Exactly, exactly. But how's it going? Good, man. Um good, good. I went to um I did a talk and or workshop actually in at uh, Tech Bash. Oh, really? Nice. Last week, which is in the Poconos. We'll get there faster if we take it slow. No, that's not the song. Um, Kalahari. So I've been to three Kalaharis now. Oh wait, there's a, there's mm-hmm. another. I thought there was only the one in Wisconsin besides the Sandusky. There's one. Wisconsin Dells, Sandusky. There's Poconos, which is like. The most up-to-date one I've seen. It's actually really mm, nice. Okay. They nice. got a tequila bar in that one. Um, and then they've got one now in Texas. All right. Round so Rock, you Texas. just got another target. You just need them yep. to have a conference well, there is, of some kind. There is a conference, yeah. actually. But it's like they put it like a week after Code Mash. I don't know why they did that. Oh, they really screwed that up. Yeah. It's um, it's the same people that, did, uh, that do that conference in Wisconsin Dells. Which is, isn't that the same people who do Code Mash? No. Okay, I guess no, it would be Mash, the same people. Yeah. I always thought they were Mash all kind of the same because that conference yeah. is like the summer version of. Uh, yeah, they Code all copied. Mash, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they all copied Code Mash, right? But Kalahari likes it. Yeah. Although no my workshop, man, there was like there was like twenty people total for four mm-hmm. workshops on a Tuesday. So there's like nine people total in my workshop. Oh, okay. Well, hey. And yeah. the other bad thing with with conferences. So if you're a conference organizer out there in stand up soldier land, have a way for workshop people, attendees, to get the prerequisites before the conference. Oh, do you not know like people's email addresses before they show up or whatever? I have no idea, and there's no way to communicate with them. Yeah, that sucks because then you burn half a workshop just getting your environment set up. Especially when it's over uh, making a React Native mobile app using a Elixir API. How many people showed up with... Uh, Alexa, stop. What? (laughs) I said React Native. Don't get so... Gosh, she's scared. So nice. scared. So, okay. React Native works on any device. So it's yeah. not a matter so, of like, 
I'm waiting. I want to know how many people showed up and they just like literally couldn't run React Native though. That that was the question. But then I was like, wait, no, it actually works on both. Well, you want to you want to know something even worse? Five people showed up without computers. So these people paid for a workshop or their company. So I don't know, but it was a waste of time, money, effort. Wait, so a quarter of all of the people who came to the workshops didn't bring a computer and more than half of the people who attended your workshop. Which is why I started out with nine people and had three at the end. Where'd you lose the other two or the other one? Did you oh, say there I don't were know. nine? There, were, there was five? a few. Okay. So it was an all day workshop. And then uh-huh. undoubtedly after um, lunchtime, you know, some people don't. You know, they're like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to go back and sleep or something, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it was disappointing, but. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. I got to see a cool uh, Kalahari, though. Nice. Did you attend any Spoken. talks that were cool or no? No, because I was uh, only there for um, the Tuesday was the was the workshop before the before the mm-hmm. conference. And I well, I could only stay till till Wednesday. So gotcha. I took off okay. Wednesday because I drove there, too. Um, which was like seven hour drive. So two days driving. So I don't anyway, even know what are. Um, yeah, it's uh, like North, it's by Scranton, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to stop by and see the uh, paper tower uh, from the office. Mm-hmm. Cause that's real. That's really in Scranton. I only know that cause I'm K- KBHD. Um, but I, I, I didn't go, I didn't go, but, but dude, Poconos are really nice, man. Mountains and nice. like in the in the fall and stuff is it was fucking nice. Cool. Anyway, that's what I did for most of this week. Uh, so I didn't get a lot done on Tatsu, but I did uh, did uh, deploy some things. Ooh. Um, and by things I mean well, kind of one thing in total. But basically, you can modify your participants now during setup. Um, which is a huge thing like before, because, um, before the Apple app wasn't set up, um, within Slack to set any of this up. So you had to like go back between Slack and the website to set up your participants and like, Mm -hmm. you'd have to like know who's in that channel and then go, okay, who's in that channel and then go back and say, oh, actually this person's going to be an observer. So I got a lot of support requests from that and I got Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, just a lot of confusion and a lot of, um, not a lot, but I've, I went through and that's a lot of times that's where people stop is like, Oh, okay. Setting, setting up participants. participants. Okay. Yeah. So this will streamline everything to kind of flow. It, it works really nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So, um, Wait, so can they do it the, all from within Slack now? They can, there's one more part. Well, there's two more parts. One is, um, editing the questions. Mm-hmm. And then the next one would be uh, doing the schedule, setting up the schedule. And then everything can be set up in Slack. Um, One of the things I want to do, uh, I wanted to do before we talked, but I didn't get a chance because of uh, my wonderful workshop. Um, But uh, (laughs) um, I want to like release Tatsu uh, February 17th. I know that's very specific, but that's like a- That is um, very specific. That's a trip that we have planned. And so um, like I want to make that the deadline of shipping just the replacement of Tatsu um, <laughs> with maybe a few other um, 
features. What's what's funny? Here's my counter argument. Yeah. Don't ship it right before you go on vacation. Oh, it's going to be a, it's going to, okay. So it's either going to be ready to ship <laughs> or it's going to be shipped. Cause you know, when you ship something, you're like, oh, there's like 600,000 things you have to, you all of a sudden worry about and you're like, uh-huh. oh, I got to do this, this, and this. So I just know that that's going to happen. But yeah. so I basically want it to be feature parity with the current version, as well as an additional feature that I'll talk about. Um, okay. So, but not like deployed. Yeah, if I can deploy it, I will deploy okay, it. Okay, see, yeah, but, uh, I would, I would venture, my... maybe don't do that right before you go yeah, on the trip, uh, just in yeah, case yeah. things go south somehow. Yeah. I mean, I guess right now you're continuously deploying anyway, so like you yeah. you would know if like, and mm-hmm. your Tatsu 2.0 deploys on Elixir instead of Ruby, so mm-hmm. you have resiliency stuff there, which would be nice. Also, there's like the app. I'm not going to change the Slack app. So there's like a there's like a transition because the new Slack app has like different scopes, um, different capabilities, different URLs. Oh, so, so it's like, just like a different app in the store? In the store. Because I okay. don't want to create another app. I want people that are already using Tetsu to not have to like do anything. Wait, hold on. So, but it is going to be another app in the app store or it's not? It's not. It's not. No. Okay. So it's the same thing. It's so you're not. just like, how are you doing that? Um, At the very end. So right now, the way I'm testing very it, carefully, <laughs> yeah, very carefully. Um, so I haven't worked out all the details, but what it's going to entail is that people are going to have to reauthenticate with the uh-huh. application. So Tetsu will probably put out some notification or something to say, "Hey, reauth with a with a link," and that's really all they're going to have to do. Okay, and then that'll send them to the thing where it's like, "Hey, it actually needs this, this, and this scope wise now." Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. And then we'll okay. get there, you know their scopes with uh, their new access token that has access to the scopes. So that's really the only thing that needs to happen for that app to be kind of converted over. Gotcha. Um, cool. Because that app is actually using like, dude, the app was made in 2015. It's like using old school scopes that don't even exist yet. Nice. Or still. And like that have been phased out, but they haven't been removed. Um, actually one of the scopes uh, has been removed, but I, I did an adjustment. Uh, for that a couple of weeks ago. So oh, okay. that's how old Tatsu is. Nice. Um, hey, Tatsu has been kicking for a long time. Yeah. In Slackland, right? Uh, like Slack came <clears throat> out and then Tatsu came out pretty quickly after that. Yeah, it was. Well, it didn't come out on the day of because I was up all night and didn't get it to work. Mm. When Slack had their launch party. Mm. And then right before the launch party, I got an email from the Slack team said, Hey, unfortunately, we can't feature your app in the app store because um, one of the scopes that I was using um, shouldn't have been in there. Gotcha. And then once I found that, there was like another bug. And so anyway, I came home from that um, Slack launch and I was kind of shit faced, mm-hmm. you know, because I had drinky drinkies there. Um, and so I partook. And so I was a little sloshed, but I went back to my Airbnb and just worked on it all night and still didn't get it. But. Yeah, I think it was like two days after that or something. So, gotcha. Yeah, so that's uh, what I worked on. Um, so next time we talk, I'll I'll have a, a better plan on on what that launch thing's going to look like. Um, the additional feature I want to launch with though is the ability to take your notes 
your meeting notes mm-hmm. and have that go to an external place that you can set okay. up. So if you want it to go to Notion or you want it to go to Basecamp or you want it to be posted somewhere else, you'll be able to do that. Gotcha. Do those just, they go to email currently? Yeah, they go to email. They also go on the site. So they'll also be in um, App Home. So App Home on Slack. Yep. Okay. On website. So right now in the current app, they have to go to the website to see all the notes. And so I want the ability for them to never have to leave Slack. So nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those, that's my plan. Uh, this next week I'm, or next two weeks, I'm going to work on, uh, uh, editing the questions and sort of this, um, progressive enhancement of scopes. Um, because in, in Slack, I wanted to start off asking you for the minimal amount of scopes. And then as mm-hmm. you do stuff, it's going to progressively ask you for more. So I got to build out that whole kind of workflow. Okay. So that would be like when you try to exercise a feature, it'll be like, Hey, you actually can't do this because you need to allow this one scope. Yeah. Yep. You need like okay. the user read scope or something. Right. And so nice. click here, okay. just send that to the web. You want to do that just to make it uh, less invasive when you're first onboarding somebody. So it looks exactly. like, okay. Exactly. And things like, um, you know, like last time I created the ability to edit the channel that the, the meeting's going to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those, I added the ability to create a channel. And so that's a pretty powerful feature for a bot to have. So you don't mm-hmm. want to like introduce people because they may not even ever use that feature either. So I don't yeah. even never yeah, need that's that true. scope. No, I think this is a really good, especially with, like as the internet becomes more like privacy minded and making sure mm-hmm. you're not like security minded, those kind of things. Like the less stuff that it looks like your bot is going to do, the better it'll be for adoption of your bot, especially if it has yep. to go through somebody, you know, some security vetting process in some corporation to be like, can we use this or can we not use this in our corporate yeah. Slack environment? Like, that's a good so, point. That's so no, point. I think that's a solid, super solid move. Yeah. So those are the two things. Um, hopefully I got done. And then the only thing left to set up would be the scheduling stuff. Um, and then it's nice. kind of be on feature parity with the current. Um, okay. Thing. That sounds good. So yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? What have, uh, what you been up to? I will let you, you vote? know. Oh, let's vote? not talk. Uh, so, okay, here. I'm going to Oh boy. I'm going to apologize to you, right? But I do this thing where if I am not properly educated, I don't. So, uh, sometimes elections come around and I go, you know what? I didn't do my due diligence. I'm not going to be that guy who's just like winging it, you know? Like I'm never going to be a straight line ballot voter, like not just like, "Oop, there's the blue column, there's the red column. This yep, is where my yep. stuff goes." Like yeah, yeah. I I'm never going to do that. So there's, yeah, there's a, there's a few, um, things I'll send it to you next time, but there's a few spots where you can like get a sample of your ballot before you mm-hmm. can go. And it's exactly yeah. what you see. And then it'll show you, like give you research next to it and yeah. then you can go out and research your own and stuff. Yep. So that's, I that's do that all the time, if, mostly on issues, but yeah. If, if I don't do the research, I'm, I'm not going to just go in there and willy nilly like, yep, looks good. Like, I think that's almost yeah. more dangerous than people not voting is people voting without actual knowledge. So um, that's a point of contention uh, for me. Yeah. There, the reason I brought up, cause I was going to talk about, cause I was talking, also going to talk about conferences, having their workshops and their dates over voting days. Oh yeah. Not cause fun. you couldn't vote 
from yeah i had to vote early. i voted last yeah. week yeah but yeah it's just kind of a pain to like mm-hmm. yeah that's annoying it wasn't on my radar when i've you know i wouldn't have thought about it and then I'm like, oh shit mm-hmm. so anyway so besides not voting what have you been up to give me one second <laughs> no countdown turns out okay. three two one and we're back there we go i was hoping keith did not pause the recording but he did. So you guys missed out on all of that monologue. Uh, you'll have to find out why I spent $14.50, why Keith went to the bathroom, why I was just monologuing. But that's for another day because Keith paused it. Nice. Um, we're just using features. My whole goal yeah. is so I wouldn't have to edit things. But now we have this whole extra bonus bit here to call attention to uh, the fact that I <laughs> stepped away. I also said in the monologue, I said to the... Um, I was talking to the um, to the people working on this podcast that were editing it to uh, not, to go ahead and leave the monologue in, and Keith will never know that's in there uh, because he's not going to listen to this and he's not going to edit it, and so it would have been good. Uh, we would have yeah. a Patreon. Oh, eh, uh, yeah, it was right there. Um, right okay, there. so anywho, things that I've been up to. Well, first uh, we need to go back and talk about some stuff you worked on for one. I can't believe we didn't talk about cheeks. Oh, because yes. that's cheeks. quite possibly the best package name I've ever seen. <laughs> and like, I laughed out loud when I saw it pop up at GitHub as like Jamie, you know, created a new repo. And I'm like, that's amazing. Well, yeah. So cheeks is uh, going to be, uh, hopefully my attempt at creating a templating, um, language using Heeks. But for chatbots, which is why it's called Cheeks, I actually was going to call it, uh, what was it originally? Oh, it was like Beaks for like bot. Uh-huh. And then I was like, wait a second, chatbot. Cheeks is standing right there. So It's right yes, there. Cheeks. So yeah. good. So I, I, I looked into like Heeks and, uh, and um, Leaks <laughs> and uh, just kind of seeing how they, they implemented their, their own kind of things. So I haven't started on it yet. Cause it's going to be a bigger undertaking. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, with that date in February, I'm kind of pushing off the templating stuff, I think, uh, gotcha. until I get some time to, to implement cheeks. That makes but, sense. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to call out that you created one of the best package names that I've ever Thanks. seen. And I, I immediately knew what it, what, what it meant, <laughs> but it was just saying it in my head. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> so Thank that you. was a good one. Um, yeah, what else did I do? I watched your ElixirConf talk, which oh was yes, my good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, a lot. Mike was really out to get you, but you you also bounced my back. demo didn't work, which was great because I spent eh, two weeks on that fucking bot and the demo didn't work, but that's fine. So, did you know why it didn't work? I was, had to you do said with it was the, like an Ngrok thing. Did you just need to restart Ngrok? No, I well no. Um, I think it was the conference Wi-Fi. There's a lot uh, of times where the conference Wi-Fi, or if you're like you going to Starbucks and you're using right. like Ngrok, they they kind of block that. Um, so it was like it started working, but the weird thing was this is the weird thing: it was not working in the conference room, but it was working like in the hotel room, and it was the same like access point. Weird. So I'm still not totally 100% sure why, but yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. My, yeah, when my that happened, there, it'll be in the notes. Yeah, my uh, my first guess was like, I assume you're using the like free version of Ngrok, or do you use a paid mm, version? Nope. 
Um, it like changes oh, you your subdomain. Yeah, yeah that's your, that's your... why I use the the paid version because the subdomain. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so that was good. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining for sure. I uh, I still just Thanks, cannot man. get over the uh, logo that Dolly gave you. It's so good. <laughs> I've showed it to multiple people, being like, "Isn't this logo dope?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "It's because Jamie typed a paragraph into this thing." That's what came back. Who did with. I show the other the other day? I showed somebody else, and they're like, "Dude, no way!" Like they were amazed that that was a, a Dolly. Thing. It was super solid. Yeah. Like yeah, just basically spot on. So yeah, there will be a link to that in the show notes too because it's legit. But yeah, so Thanks, things that I've been working on, one is I lead the Ruby. Well, it used to be called Sig Ruby inside of Shopify. So like a Ruby user group, basically. It's now been <laughs> rebranded internally to like the Ruby Guild. But um, I we do those uh, every two weeks, which as the guy putting it together kind of sucks it's really hard to organize speakers for every two weeks even with like thousands of engineers there it's like a matter of like bugging people and doing it so um i'm speaking at this next one because i didn't have a speaker (laughs) of course dude you're already reaching into that yeah into into your phone a friend um well i mean most of it is like i just go bug people right so we had like chris seaton come talk a couple weeks ago Literally because I asked him to. Uh, if you're not familiar with Chris Seaton, he's the guy who made Truffle Ruby. Oh, okay. Um, and he's a researcher for us. Like, that's his job. Like, he's a, I don't know what his exactly like, level is or whatever. But he literally just researches stuff. So I was like, hey, you got any cool research you want to come talk about? And he's like, sure, I can come talk about some stuff. And I don't know if said research is public, but it's just like mm-hmm. a thing. But it was basically like... a being able to add tracing internal to Ruby so you can like figure out where something came from. So like if you had a, oh, a wow. no method call on nil, then oh, it would course. tell you like, it would tell the you only, the only error in Ruby. It would tell you where the nil came from. Not like awesome. this is what the chain. And it's like, it was, he'd went through and like showed a lot of like things that they can do with like new compiler tech and like figuring out like, Oh, is this from like you, it was an out of bounds read on an array that gave you a nil like that's why you got the nil and it's like in this little mm. trace it was pretty sweet but then he's Dude, like that's awesome. i also just for this thing i created something for string so you could see like where bits of a string came from and it was literally just for the demo but he could trace a string back to like this character was added from this method call and it was nuts like and it like displayed it with like a little graph to tell you like like each segment of the string and kind of where it came from. Did it show and like it, po- did it show like pointers to like registers and stuff? Or no, no, it showed big, you yeah, like yeah. lines of code. It was like this yeah, line of code. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. this came from, and that's. Yeah. But it was like it handled string interpolation and stuff. Like you did string interpolation, it would be like, oh, this bit right here came from there. It was nuts, and he was just like, yeah, this is never going to ship in real Ruby. But it was just an example that I made for this thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this is just for the talk. Like that was why, blew why my would mind. that never why would that never ship in real Ruby? The stack trace. Um stuff. well, I think or it wasn't that was one that was would not necessarily ship the string specific mm. one because it was just oh, he's okay, like there's you, there's probably you. more stuff going on. The nil thing, the hope is that eventually it can get there. Uh Truffle Ruby's written in Java, so it has like nil is an object in java versus in c ruby it's just a reference to zero and so nil nil checks are just, so 
he could he just made a smarter nil object right that had mm-hmm. the ability to trace Maybe. itself um yeah. and he can't do that in c ruby so i'm not exactly sure what the the solution was there but it was still really hmm. cool to see just stuff he works on or whatever um hmm. so yeah that was fun but yeah, so I needed something to talk about, and I desperately pleaded with people to try to get somebody to come uh, talk about Hotwire mm. because we are uh, we have like some internal UI tooling that we used to have that got deprecated earlier this year and then like had to be removed. But it's basically like the same tooling we use for the Shopify admin, like the that merchancy, um, and we want that's like a distinct thing. And they wanted to not have to support it for our internal tooling admins and stuff. So they're like, just use vanilla rails and like bootstrap <laughs> or tailwind, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but the other thing there was like, you're allowed like, don't use react. Like you don't need react for all this stuff. I know we use react <clears throat> for front end stuff, but that's customer facing stuff. If a customer sees it or a merchant sees it, we probably use react. If it's internal, just write that sucker in Rails and render some HTML. <laughs> and well, you guys aren't going to be using React. Well, I mean, it is React, but you bought Remix. Wait, what? What do we do? <laughs> you don't even know. I, I have zero clue. <laughs> yeah, um, Shopify bought Remix. Um, like, I don't know what that means per se. It's the uh-huh. framework Remix, which is basically like React. But it's been getting a lot of traction over the last. Yeah, you guys bought it. You don't know about that. I'm not a front end engineer. I don't. They they live in their own <laughs> sphere within Shopify. My like Lord. that's those you people do? over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, anyway. For, for internal tools, we don't use React or Remix. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we're allowed to use Hotwire, and I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be fun. So I was hoping I could go find somebody because we have a Hotwire channel on Slack. I'm like, sweet, there are people in here who give a crap about Hotwire, probably have some experience <laughs> with it, and they can come talk. And of course, I go in there and ask crickets. I'm like, gosh, dang it! And uh, the couple of people are like, I don't have any experience with uh, Hotwire, but I think it's pretty cool. And I'm like, well, screw it. I I've written a fair chunk of like Live View. I can figure this out. So. I set aside a little bit of my Mondays to work on um, Ruby Guild stuff. And so today mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, figure out Hotwire and probably rewrite a little bit of the uh, the like CRUD functionality on an internal um, admin area to use Hotwire. But yeah, that would be sweet. That'd be yeah, a I good think, demo. Yeah, I think for, it'd be like cool. internal, like, yeah, use, mm-hmm. not just some toy thing. Well, and remember, so I talked about this before, but we have like big monoliths. But we mm-hmm. don't want them to be monoliths. We want them to be like mini monoliths inside. We're, it's a house of cards. Um, but uh, <laughs> mini monolith. You can't just make up new. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I'm just monolith. joking with you. No, but what I'm talking about, we have components inside of our big Rails app. So we have engines internal to a single app that only are, are only ever mounted by the the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not like shared engines like you'd see with like mm-hmm. a device or whatever. Mm-hmm. So getting ui stuff to work in that situation sometimes uh, can be a little bit weird so but this is a pattern that we use in different areas i don't know how many other componentized rails apps exist inside of shopify's ecosystem but i'm sure there are others i'm like sfn's gotta be yeah it has to be but so yeah i think i think it should be semi-valuable to to kind of demonstrate this but that's that's yeah. a thing that i'm going to be working on today but i had to decide that i was going to be speaking this friday Dude, that's um, kind of crazy. Like, nobody. Yeah. Just nobody just steps. Yeah. 
I do have somebody from yeah. the Ruby and Rails infrastructure team coming to speak on something in December, but I can't remember what. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, cool. the lesson learned here is I'm changing how the the Ruby Guild works so I don't have to find a speaker for every two weeks. I just have to find one for every month. That's the uh, that's the game plan there. And then cool. the other meeting we'll probably still have, but I'll just leave it like open discussion and I'll maybe just come up with a topic for people to talk about and have it be more like a meetup sort of thing where you're talking to people rather than where somebody's presenting it to you. I wonder if you created um, uh, yet another Shopify app. Um, you know, maybe they could add it to their cart or something, but they could like pick, you know, dates. Because a lot of times, the because I was in charge of finding speakers for a lot of different user groups. And the problem is asking people the month before, uh-huh. right? No, my thing if is people, I... Yeah. People will schedule out in advance. Yeah. So yeah. when I, the last time I scheduled things, I scheduled three people all the same day. And it's because I gave them like, here are the next 10 meetings. Yeah. Please pick a date. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, for the, yeah, the problem I run into is the dates that did not get picked and then me being busy with other crap and not finding speakers for them. So yeah. I, uh, I recruited an engineer a couple meetings ago to be like, Hey, do you want to do some public speaking? <laughs> I saw you did a cool thing in this app over here. Do you want to talk about it? Um, so I, I'm just like, you know, going to ask anybody at this point. You can just, just create the app. I already got a name for it. It's going to be called speakerfy. And then you can just, uh, they can just add the dates to their cart and boom, they're booked. Bingo. We speakerfy speakerfy. Got it. We probably have our own internal conference hosting software somewhere, but um, yeah, I'm so this anyway, that was a good one. Oh, that's true. It probably is an actual thing. Another um, $14.50 during this break. Oh, no. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, okay. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, just because it's a point of contention for me, is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about exception stuff, uh, like bug snag, your, those kind of mm, things. Uh-huh. And this is... Keats PSA to everybody in the world. Oh, if it's an error uh, that you know can happen, it's not an exception. Just handle that. Like I, I shouldn't dude, have errors in bug snag that are like the address is invalid. Dude, <laughs> slash WP dash login does not exist. I know it's a freaking people trying to see if this is a WordPress site. All right. Like I get that, that stupid error all the time on 404s. Yeah. I hate it. But anyway, so ours, ours is a problem where, uh, we did this to ourselves. Like the, the error I'm talking about is like, we have a situation where we interact with a bunch of carriers and where I work, like, because I work in shipping. And so like we reach out to UPS with a label that somebody wants to buy and the address that they typed in is wrong. That's not an exception at all. In any way, shape, or form. That's literally a feature. UPS validated the address. Just send it back to the merchant and say the address is wrong. Um, instead, what happens is through a big mess of ancient classes, is that somehow or other we raise an exception in the initializer of a class, and it it gives us a pretty solid error message. I'm almost certain the merchant sees something went wrong. Um, is yeah. <laughs> where I'm pretty sure this is <laughs> because it goes to bug snag. So like, because it goes to bug snag, that means nothing catches it. 
And so I have this beautiful bug snag that tells me, oh, that zip code does not belong to that territory. And the merchant gets like something exploded. And it's like, yeah, because we chose to randomly explode for no good reason here. I don't understand what's going on. So, uh, so yeah, this is my thing. Like if it's a, if it's an issue that can happen, right? Like just assume that it, if it's, if it's not something you could fix in a pull request, then it's probably not an exception. Like the database is missing or, you know, like cannot connect to the database. That's actually probably not an exception. You should have a monitor of some kind that says I can't connect to a database, but like you should maybe ping yourself if like, hey, the database is down. Um, but you maybe shouldn't have a bug snag that's just like uh, Redis connection issue. I'm like, well, yep, that that happens. Redis is an external system. You will lose connection to that sometimes. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's obviously more egregious with the ones that are like data and crap like that. Like things that are just like, I'm going to get the air back when I send a bad request. Like, no shit. So, okay. So this example though, like, you know, the merchant, you know, gets an error uh-huh. that says something blew up. That is a bug though. Like, right. I mean, that's the bug a bug. is us though. Like literally we got a response back that was not a 500 from the carrier. And then we decided we were just going to, Oh, fuck it. And we just blew up. Right. Like, yeah. So because remember, so the app I work on is separate to admin, uh, separate to the thing that they see. So like it makes a call to us. We make a call to the carrier carrier comes back to us and says, address is invalid. And we just go raise (laughs) just explode. Right. And yeah, so that is a bug, but like in our code, it looks like this is what it's supposed to do. Like it's a raise that we put there that we never catch. And that's, that's on us. Right. Yeah, I get that. But that's the bug. Like, like I know the system was designed this way. No, no, this, this is like, this was a design. I don't care if it's designed. No, no. Yeah. That's still design decisions can still lead to bugs. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but I don't know if the, the solution is to not raise, like not to see that bug. No, what should happen is when we get a bad response back, we parse the response and we return an equivalent response to our consumer to say like, oh, actually you had a user input error. The address is bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's like, this is the problem that I'm running into. It's just like, we have resiliency issues on the application I'm working on because we don't handle exceptions or we don't handle errors. We just consider everything to be exceptional and we also just like our monitoring is weird. Like we don't track useful information in a lot of situations. Well, also if you have that, that noise in there anyway, you're not going to listen to your. Yeah. Signal to noise is your, terrible. Like it's, yeah, it's atrocious. So that's my, that's my yeah. thing there is my, my big stance on bug snag or those things off to the side is like, you should realistically only see bugs that you see. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with that. Um, my problem is like setting those up. So I uh-huh. mostly reach for, um, what do I mostly reach for? Honey badger. Maybe some other ones. Honey badger. Um, no, not honey badger. Uh, so honey badger bug snag air. Oh, oh crap. Like what was a... the one by ThoughtBot? air something? Um, it's not uh, air cable. It. Anyway, um, I yeah. always reach for one of them. I, it's not honey badger, but I, I've Sentry. wanted to reach for honey badger. No, not Sentry. Um, Although I know a lot of a lot of my customers use Sentry, but all those things 
they default with like everything turned on. Yeah, they're super loud. Right? Yeah, yeah. they're super loud. And I usually don't take the time. I don't have a task to be like, you know, make less noise, you know? Oh man. I and think so, if you, if you fine tune what is going into bug snag, then it's like so much better for you because it yeah. actually tells you useful information. Like you can get a singular bug snag and it be useful info. Not just like, like we have pages that'll be like, we got like 300 bug snags in the last minute and that maybe you guys should go check it out. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't just spam ourselves with a bunch of crap because now I have to go parse through this. <laughs> Dude, when I go to, uh, when I like see that in my email, like a bug, you got a bug from uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. I like, it's almost like muscle memory just to like shift pound sign, which is delete. Um, uh -huh. just delete that off out of like, I never even look at it cause it's usually the same error. Like WP login. 404. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, that's yep. a good, uh, that's a good PSA, man. I'm going yeah, to listen to PSA. If you, uh, if you kind of fine tune what's going in there and just, cause then when they come in, you look at each one and you go, Oh, is this a bug I can fix? Mm -hmm. And then you go, if you say, if no, it's not a thing I can actually fix. Then it's like, why am I not handling this exception? Like mm -hmm. it should basically bug snags are a lot of like, you're missing exception handling right here and kind of situations, unless it's like you called a method on nil and then you go, why is this nil? This is probably a bug. Like I either don't expect it to be nil ever. So why is it able to be nil? Like those kind of things like it bug snacks should be very actionable to you in one way, shape or form to make that particular message never pop up again. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's adjusting bug snag configuration. Sometimes that's fixing your code. Sometimes that's adding additional exception handling because something's not actually an exception. It's a known error that can occur. Yeah. These are where those like, um, those like code quality, like days come in to play. Cause what inevitably happens is, yeah, you get that email and it's like, Oh, well I got that email. I got that email mm -hmm. yesterday. I can just delete it. You know? Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's a certain amount of like, is this worth me fixing? Uh, right. that, that can come but into I'm play. Like what's like, the cost benefit analysis there, but opportunity. I wish cost. there was a tool that was set up correctly initially, because that's what always happens. You put these out into production and then of course you're getting all these errors because you know, you're not going to handle every single error. It's a website. People can type whatever they want in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but like, then you start like, oh, I don't want to see that bug anymore. That's not really a bug. I'll go mm -hmm. in and fix it. I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, let me put a thing in. So all this stuff kind of just falls to the bottom. Yep. And I wish there was just all that to say, I wish there was a better tool to, out of the box to, to get this all set up. So you don't have to do that kind of, you know. Yeah, I'm curious what a good like configure for this would be like. I know. First, first start is like. Seems like a hard problem. If it's a 404, literally don't. Just don't. Yes. Yes. It's fine. Yes. That, that's Especially if it's a CSS 404 or a, an asset 404. Like, mm. anyway. Yeah. Cool. So cool. That's, that's my big thing. So that's another thing I'm working on is kind of putting together some internal proposal stuff to improve resiliency. And this is like one of the areas to start is like, we need to just decrease the signal to noise ratio that we have for bug snags and data mm -hmm. going into monitors that's wrong. Like, if we, if we have a monitor that's like, how many successful purchases have we had? If there's an address invalidation error, that doesn't count against a successful purchase. That doesn't count as a <laughs> failed purchase. That's literally, they made a mistake on a form. So yeah, <laughs> fixing that stuff. Um, that's where I'm at right now. But. Yeah, that sounds fun.
That sounds like a very useful thing for Shopify to have. Yeah, I think once we get this the ball rolling and get this thing done, it will be a huge boon to the team that I work on. Like the or the the application that I work on and all of the associated teams that work on it will be like, ah, okay, cool. I feel much mm-hmm. less stressed out about being on call now because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have to parse through like getting a data dog monitor that says like, oh my God, too many bug snags. <laughs> and then needing to go figure out is it does that mean anything? Does that actually a real issue? Is it not like yeah cool cool man yeah all right right. anything else no that's it for me all right i will talk to you in a couple weeks